friends, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. My name is Tim Fulton. I'm the founder, chief evangelist for Small Business Matters. I'm your host for today's podcast, and I am joined by my co-host, Taylor Fulton, who is the director of marketing for Small Business Matters. Taylor, hello. How are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's been a been a busy couple of weeks. I've been doing a lot of traveling. This is always a busy time of year for me. And I think out of the last 30 days, I've been home for about six. So it's <laughs> one, it's good to be home, but uh, it's just it's been a busy couple of weeks. And you've been busy, I know as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't gone anywhere exciting, but it's been uh it's been a busy couple months here in Atlanta. Have you gone anywhere interesting at least the past couple well, months? Well, I've been in Houston. I've been doing a Grossmart program in Houston and I had my fifth and final trip to Houston uh, yesterday, which I love. I, I, not so much the city, but the people in Houston, for whatever reason, they're just some of the nicest, kindest people. And I always enjoy going over there. The the Small Business Development Center there at the University of Houston couldn't be more supporting. And so I'm, uh, I enjoy going over there, but I'm also glad that I won't be traveling there as much, at least for the time sure. being. And then I've been uh, traveling a little bit for Vistage, doing some Vistage speaking. And I was in New Orleans two weeks ago, had a great trip there, working for a client, doing an off, facilitating an offsite meeting, and then getting to see Tulane, the future national champion, continue <laughs> their streak. And they won again. And we had a great time in New Orleans. And I've just crossed my fingers now every time they play. Yeah, I don't blame you. Don't and blame your, you. your Jayhawks uh, are doing pretty well as, as well. Uh, yeah, they were doing pretty well. Uh, they've hit a couple speed bumps the past month or so, but uh, we're one win away from qualifying for a bowl game. So that's all I asked for. Well, and as always, the good news is basketball season is right around the corner. That's right. One week away. Taylor, I'm really excited about our, our guest today, Lisa Dugan. I've had the pleasure of knowing Lisa for a number of years. She is not only a, a colleague of mine, but a friend and one of the smartest people I know on our on our topic tonight, which is is all about leadership. So let's why don't we move right into that? I want to introduce Lisa, and then I know we don't have enough time, but I'm looking forward to the time that we spend with her. So, uh, friends, Lisa Dugan is a she's a Vistage chair. She's been a chair for over 15 years. Vistage, as many of our listeners know, is the world's leading CEO organization. She's also an executive vice president, senior consultant with Bixler Consulting Group. She's got over 30 years that she's worked extensively with executives and business owners, C-level teams, and both individual coaching sessions, strategy sessions, and team building sessions. She's worked with uh, hundreds of clients in multiple of different industries. She's also co-authored two books, Take Action and Five Steps to Professional Presence. Uh, Lisa's got a BA in sociology from Shippensburg University in Pennsylvania. And Taylor, I could be wrong, but I think that Lisa's the first guest we've had who's graduated from Shippensburg University. I want to make sure I get that right. <laughs> that would be a first. And she's also served on the advisory board of the executive MBA program at Kennesaw State University here in Atlanta. So Lisa, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast. So good to have you with us. Thank you. It's great to be with you both. We always start uh, with our guests with the same question, and that is, Lisa, what is it that you do that matters to small business? 
So I believe that business owners and leaders of today need to be treated like professional athletes, the elite athlete. In fact, when you think about your favorite elite athlete and how they train and how they got to where they are, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of smart people around them, and it's continuing to build the right team around them. So they will typically have a nutritionalist, a psychologist, they'll have their strength coaches, they'll have their specific performance coaches. And I just believe that the leader of today needs all of that around them too. When I think about the leaders of the organizations of um, our Vistage companies and those of the clients that I work with, I believe I serve as a quarterback to provide some of those resources to make sure that they are touching on all of those areas so that they have their best and highest use formula. And I think trying to figure that out on your own is too difficult a job because we see ourselves differently than maybe other people see us. And so my job is to figure out what is the potential in that person? What's the potential in their company? What are the resources that they need around them to be successful? And um, what kind of thinking do they need to be doing? I mean, Tim, you just talked about all the travel that you've been. You start to feel like a gypsy after a while. And you imagine an individual running a company and they have all these things on their plate. How do they know what to focus on? And so if they've got this vision that they want to bring to fruition, how do they keep track of all those moving parts? And my belief is that you have to be so super centered to do that. And so my job is to help make sure that they're touching on all the bases that help them be their best and highest self so they can run the best company for that to come to fruition in the way that they see it and that the impact that they have on the lives around them is met because they're at their best. Lisa, tell our audience, what does a typical engagement look like for you for the start? So if I'm a a CEO or an executive and I come to you looking for for some direction, given that kind of analogy with a high-performing athlete, where do you start with a typical engagement? Yeah. So a lot of those folks are in a Vistage group, either mine or you know some someone else's. And so they have some of those resources built in where they meet with their peer group one full day a month, and then they get some individual coaching in between. And so it's, you know, where do you want to be? Where are you now? What's the gap? How do you fill that in? And so as a chair, I help facilitate that. If someone comes to me for an individual engagement, it's a little different in that we set a roadmap, kind of like a timeline and say, where are you personally and professionally? Where do you want to go? We still discuss the same things like, are you building your company to sell? Are you building your company to turn over to family members? What does that look like to you? And so we just create a different roadmap and it's only me and that individual creating that roadmap as opposed to having the group input. Lisa, let's let's go a little deeper on that. You you get a chance to meet with high-powered business owners, CEOs, successful and I'm wondering, you know, it's interesting with COVID, we talk, everything is either pre-COVID or post-COVID. Right. right? In terms yeah. of time frame. So since COVID, uh, as, you're, as you're talking, you're meeting, you're coaching these executives, what are you hearing? And particularly, what's different today than, in, let's say, early March of 2020? In terms of those discussions, 
Are they different? And if so, in, in what way? So I think there's a couple things. One, what's not different is that they are still thinking about strategy. How are we going to compete? How are we going to win? How's my company going to be viable in the future? How do I build a legacy company? What's different about that, though, is the how they're going to do that. Um, so at one point, there might have been some pretty traditional methods in which that they would they would do that. You could literally go to the leadership and you know process books out there and take a practice and put it into place. Now, I think their job demands them being much more thoughtful around if this if this is where I my, if this is what my vision is, is, this is where I think we're going. How do I design the business to get those results? And so it, to me, requires a different skill set than they used to have before. Therefore, having those resources to help them think about options and how do I get innovative and creative with? How do I design my company? What are some things that, you know, I never thought that we would do that we are going to now do? Uh, sell earlier, acquire differently, divide one job that is traditionally one job into two roles instead of one because it's going to help us be more specialized in this area. I mean, whatever that looks like. So I think that's one thing. Strategically, how are we going to get there and how do I design the organization? And I think the other thing is there has been a big gap for many, many years around developing leaders sooner. So there's an author by the name of Jacob Morgan who wrote a book called The Future Leader. And he talks a lot about the fact that, you know what, you know, we bring we bring people up we expect them to be leader. They get tapped for a leadership role. And we've never taught them what it means to be a leader, what those skill sets are, what they have to be competent in, how they do that in addition to their job and the things that they have to execute. And that those things are not an either or, they're an and. And so one of the things that business owners are faced with now is the gap is now a chasm. In, in helping those leaders be ready to help them design their business to move forward. So kind of staying on that theme of, of pre-COVID, post-COVID, it seems that during the pandemic and, and even as it evolved, entrepreneurship and, and startups, well, it wasn't a formal business, maybe it was a side hustle, but, but people were kind of going out on their own a little bit. Are you still seeing that, Lisa, that growth pattern or as, as things progressed over the past couple of years, has it flattened at all? Yeah, I think what COVID did is it helped people to see what else is possible for them, mm-hmm. meaning that, gosh, we both really can work at home and raise our family and, you know, do my day job and have a gig on the side, including going to drive Uber if I feel like I just need to get out of the house and drive a make a few extra bucks. It's easy if you're, you know, in marketing to just most many of those roles are virtual anyway. And so it's easy to pick up an extra project. It's easy to decide that, to have learned that we can live on less money and we want more quality of life if we consolidate some things. And so I feel much more comfortable now taking the risk to go out on my own. So yeah, people are just making decisions about what do I want my life to look like? And it no longer requires me to feel obligated to work a nine to five job and to serve someone else if I feel like I can figure that out on my own. Whether or not that is sustainable or proves to be true is yet yet to be seen. But yeah, a lot of people are experimenting with those things. So Lisa, you've got these CEOs in a Vistage group and they get together once a month and they bring their 
toughest, most strategic issues to the table. What are some of the issues that you're seeing now? Maybe some of them are COVID-related, some may not. But what are some some examples of the type of uh, issues that your CEOs are bringing to the group today? I'm curious. Well, it's everything from a strategic perspective of how is the industry changing? It's harder for me to find people. A lot of the bigger companies are buying up people in my space kinds of conversations. So do I succumb? Do I sell sooner than I thought? Because it's just too hard to keep fighting and be the small person. Um, Small, maybe even being the 50 or $100 million company. And because I think business owners are, it is hard work to keep everybody's frame of mind, if you will, in the game and moving in the same direction. Do I have the stamina, uh, literally and figuratively, to keep going as a sole proprietor or a business owner? So strategically, what are we going to do? Are we going to acquire? Are we going to sell? And those are always conversations. And I think they're more prevalent sooner than they might have been in the past. You know, we hear this every single day, just how do I find the right people to get me there? How do I keep people's head in the game? You know, our culture has typically been so great and our culture is so important to us. And now people want to work virtually. I want them back in the office. Yes, we're productive. Yes, we're used to working virtually. But I think that there's that human connection being missed. So a lot of times we'll brainstorm in the group about has anybody tried anything new to get people in? Has anybody found the key to the kingdom, if you will, in terms of those conversations that keep people engaged or light a spark for people to want to come back to the office? What are the ways that now we have to be more creative to invite people to join us for the long haul? So I don't think that the topics are any new. I think they feel more urgent to figure them out, if you will. Lisa, in your role as a coach, I'm sure you wear many hats. What are what are some of like the prominent hats you typically wear when when being a business coach? So number one is thinking partner. I listen for what's being said. I listen for what's not being said. I listen for here's where we said we wanted to go and here's what you said your focus is and here's where I hear your focus being. So thinking partner, sometimes it's looking if if someone is stuck or can't see things from a different framework or perspective, my job is to find that right resource and to present things in a way that it shakes their sense of reality or breaks a pattern that they've gotten into. So sometimes it's a business model. Sometimes it's a book. Sometimes it's a quote. Sometimes it's a, what kind of support do you need right now? Question. The great thing about being in a Vistage group is that if it's not me that can kind of crack the code, then there's typically somebody else that I know in the group has been through a a similar experience and that they can help them to move from where they are. So it's, it's the moving forward. It's the, how do you just keep people focused and moving forward is probably my biggest hat thinking partner and not motivator, but maybe agility coach. Lisa, you just led me to my next question. I saw an article recently, Ben Franklin, is credited with coming up with this, at the time, original idea of bringing together business owners to talk about their business. He called these juntos, you know, because he was a business owner and 
he learned a lot as a young business owner from other business owners. So then flash forward, we've got Vistage, a, a peer group for CEOs, a, a mastermind group of sort. So for those who have not been a part of such a group, what, what's the allure? What would draw someone to want to be in a Vistage group? And what could they expect being a part of such a peer group? So I find the number one thing, because I've been coaching for more than 30 years, right? In some way, shape, or form, this is all coaching. One of the things that I love about Vistage, the reason I do it, is because we have always been, and now more than ever, we are in a time where no one has the answers. You can pick up a book and you can get, it can jog your thinking, but it is sure not going to tell you what to do. And so in the spirit of having design, to design your business to get you into the future, you've got you know 10 to 16 other people sitting around the table who have either been there, done that or know you well enough to know how you could be there and do that. And so what I love about the model is as a coach, I have never had all the answers to begin with. And my toolbox is only so big, but it is never going to be big enough now or ever to be able to support business owners in the way that they need to moving forward. And having a Vistage group of 10 to 16 other people who have no skin in the game except your success. They don't have to live with you or work for you. They are just going to call it as they see it. And you are going to hear it differently from them than you would from me who sees you all the time. It's kind of like your parents. You don't listen to your parents. You listen to whoever told you the thing that they've been telling, trying to tell you for 10 years. And so I think the group, that's the power of the group is that the answer is somewhere. Typically it's within yourself, but 16 people can bring it out of you faster than faster and better than one. Lisa, when, when talking with business owners or executives about strategy, what are some of the keys to one, establishing a stat strategy and, and two, uh, ensuring its success? Oh, this is Tim Fulton's ta- ta- ter- territory. <laughs> Tim, let's turn that question to Tim. <laughs> no, no, much better you. So I get speakers for that, Taylor, <laughs> <laughs> because it's such a huge topic. Here, here's one of the things that I remind my coaching clients and my Vistage group of all the time. This is the pattern that I see is we think we're doing strategy, but we are often only doing planning. So we have this, this is where we want to go. And so our strategy looks like our one-year plan. Well, our one-year plan is just our one-year plan. Our strategy involves going out there and scanning the marketplace, seeing what's going on, looking for opportunities, um, trying to figure out where a need is that we are the best answer for. So it, it just demands this whole other level of thinking that people forget to do because they're so caught up in the day-to-day. So I don't know if that answered your question, but I, I would say as a as a chair is part of my job is to lift, remind people to lift out of the one-year plan and some and even the three-year plan and think about where did the opera, where's the puck going, that old adage of where's the puck going, or where is where is an opportunity for us that no one sees yet that we are beautifully designed to serve. Do you find that the business owners you work with, are they better strategic thinkers and they can set that high level strategy years in advance? Or do you find that they're better executors and they can they can think the next year and execute, but the bigger stuff is where they get lost? 
Yeah. So it depends on the individual. You know, you have your true visionaries who <laughs> literally like the Richard Richard Bransons and the Steve Jobs. I mean, we have those CEOs in the Vistage group and they they are in the process of building their organization so that they can truly be the visionary and not in the EOS model. There's the visionary and the integrator. Um, and so some of them are integrators and they're visionaries and they're working hard to get into that role. And then some of them are truly integrators and they need to partner with the visionary. And those are the ones where in the group we work to lift them out, which is why I have those kinds of speakers come come to the room because we need all the help we can get with that sometimes. And even with those who are visionary to put some structure around the way that they're thinking about things as opposed to it being a bright, shiny object, object syndrome. So even the visionaries need like a structure, a model for thinking strategically. So uh, Lisa, I've got one more question for you, and then I'm going to turn it over to Taylor for our rapid fire questions. So you work with a variety of different, different leaders, young and old and male and female, different nationalities across different industries. What are some attributes of leaders that you see that seem to work in today's crazy environment of leading people? What are some of the attributes? What stands out for you in terms of outstanding leaders? Number one to me that especially post-COVID, I think we've always needed this, is the leader who will have a, what I'll call a deep conversation with his or her people. And I don't even mean direct reports, especially direct reports if they're grooming them for a leadership position. But if they get wind that someone in the company just needs some direction, that they will take time to have conversations, not surface conversations, but what's going on? How do you see that? What makes you feel that way? Tell me more. When people will invest in a two-hour conversation instead of a three-minute conversation, to make people feel seen and heard. I think it unlocks an an entire kingdom for both of them. One, that leader gets to see the potential that's in that person and what they're really made of that they never would have before. And that person feels like they have a path in the company because they've been heard by their CEO. Um, Because sometimes managers don't, they just don't have time or they don't take the time. It's not important to them. So it's the leader who will truly pour into and invest in the people in their company. And I think too, it's the ones who, when they have that vision, they are able to communicate it, not to just their leadership team, but they can figure out how to infiltrate that message to every single person within the organization that the person who is working virtually, the person who is closest to the customer, they know exactly what they get out of bed to do and serve every single day. And I think that it's just a gift that some leaders have and others have to work super, super hard at. And they assume that that connection is being made because they did the town hall and they wrote the email and they made their leadership team pass it on down down through the company and it just doesn't connect people has their brains are too full and so the leaders who can to the core of each person's dna help them to know why they're what they're serving every day i think is a huge attribute lisa you reminded me of one of my favorite books first break all the rules that was based on a huge Gallup study that was done years ago 
what matters most to employees. And, and two of the factors that were identified was number one, do, you know, do they care about me as a person? Yeah. Not as an employee, but as a person, are, are you willing to listen to me? And I think there are a lot of leaders that that's foreign to them. And then secondly, is help me understand how my work is important, how it connects to something higher up. How about on the flip side, maybe something that when you meet someone, uh, an indication that maybe this person's not such a good leader, something that gets in the way of leadership, anything come to mind there? First thing that comes to mind is when it's all about me, when it's are we hitting the numbers because that's how it's going to hit my pocket. They don't look beyond the sort of what's on their plate and what where they want to go. Lisa, we've now come to my favorite part of the podcast, rapid fire questions. Uh, Taylor's going to ask a, a number of rapid fire questions, short answer. He's going to try to stump you. Uh, I don't see that happening. I'm betting on you. Taylor, go ahead. All right. A lot of pressure as always. We'll start with, since we're on topic of leadership, Lisa, one of your favorite leaders. Favorite leaders. Oh, so this might be cheating the question, Taylor, but I have been following Brene Brown for the last two years. And you know, I think it all depends on how you define leader. But one of the things that I love about her and her work is she just she just puts it out there. So I'm working with the book Dare to Lead, which is followed by Atlas of the Heart. And I think she has been very brave and extremely vulnerable in how she has represented the research that she's done and and helping us to talk about things that just weren't traditionally talked about in business before. And that is vulnerability and emotion. And, you know, how do you put that into context in the work environment? I think it's super brave work. Awesome. Great answer. Speaking of books, what is uh, one book that you're reading now or recently that you'd recommend to our listeners? So I have like four in front of me. It depends which <laughs> mood I'm in. <laughs> Who are listeners though? Okay, here's one. I just started it. So I can't, I, I love the topic. It's called Decoding Your Greatest Superpower. It's on AQ. It's about your adaptability quotient and your propensity for change. And I'm fascinated by this topic because I think it's another one of those topics. It's like they talk about intellectual IQ, intellectual intelligence, emotional intelligence, which is also a huge topic. And they're partnering this now with AQ, your agility quotient. And I think this is just going to be a very important study and body of work to unpack moving forward. So for your listeners, that might be a good one to dive into because I think it speaks to a lot of the frustrations that people are experiencing. Yeah, great recommendation. Thank you. Uh, moving right along. So we're recording this in early November. What is one of your favorite fall traditions? Fall traditions. I just think like high school and college football games. And I don't have a I don't have a team, but I've got two boys who played sports and I just love being in the stands on Friday night lights. And, you know, now we watch football games on Saturdays and I just love it. Yeah, you and me both. Not enough football to be had. What is one of your favorite Atlanta restaurants and bonus points if it's a great uh, business lunch spot? 
Rumi's Kitchen. <laughs> that one's come up a uh, time or two before, I believe. Oh my gosh, it is my favorite. Excellent. And then last but not least, this is actually my dad's favorite question, so I cannot claim it my own. Now but I'm scared. The, yeah. <laughs> in the movie about Lisa, which actress plays Lisa? Uh, so the I have no idea why. The first person that comes to mind is Sandra Bullock. <laughs> and I don't know why. I think it's because she, like in so many of the movies she's played, she's got this sort of sassy, tough exterior, but she's got this range of emotions and a lot of stuff going on inside. And that feels like a good pick for me. That's a great choice. Great answer. Friends, you've been listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. Our guest today has been Lisa Dugan, Vistage chairperson and executive coach extraordinaire. Taylor, I can't believe how fast our time has gone. It always just seems to, to go so rapidly. I've got a number of takeaways from Lisa today. She talked about this idea of the CEO, the leader being the quarterback, and the quarterback needs to have a good team around them to help them perform at the highest level. She also talked a little bit about some of the issues that CEOs are seeing now post-COVID and some of the different skills are required to be successful. She also talked about strategy and the difference between strategy and planning, And she identified some of the key attributes of leaders, of being humble and being willing to ask for help, being part of a a Vistage group, all key attributes. How about, uh, Taylor, for you, what what did you hear that you thought was most helpful? Yeah, those were all great takeaways. I think the one that uh, I've noted, highlighted the most is, uh, as a leader, just having those deep conversations and and taking the time to, to connect and talk with people, whether they report directly to you or not. Being human, what a unique idea for a leader. <laughs> well, uh, Lisa, I'm sure some of our listeners, maybe all of our listeners, will want to reach out and contact you after today's podcast. What's the best way for them to reach you? So LinkedIn is probably the easiest. Just search for Lisa Dugan and I pop right up, I think. And then I'll give a couple of email addresses. The Vistage one is lisa.dugan, D-U-G-A-N, at vistagechair.com. And then lisa at lisaduganexecutivecoach.com also works. Perfect. I would encourage our listeners, if you're looking to join a a peer group, a Vistage group, certainly reach out to Lisa and or Uh, a coach in particular, I don't think you would find a better person, particularly here in the Atlanta market. So uh, Taylor, a number of of things going on in in Small Business Matters. We're in the midst of the uh, the boot camp, uh, working towards module four of the boot camp, and uh, that's been going well. Uh, My mastermind group is having their annual group retreat next week. Looking forward to seeing each of them in person. Normally, they meet virtually and we're going to get to see them in, in person. I mentioned that we uh, just wrapped up a GrowSmart program in Houston for the uh, Small Business Development Center at the University of Houston. Go Astros, by the way. A lot of Astros fans there. What else? What am I leaving out, Taylor? What else is going on? I think that's it. I think we're winding down the year and January will be here before you know it. Yeah, hard to believe we're beginning to all right, I'm sure we'll see some decorations going up soon and and gift buying and the holidays are right around the corner. Well, uh, listeners, I want to urge you to uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. 
to the Small Business Matters podcast. If you're not already subscribed, if you'd like to subscribe to the Small Business Matters newsletter, you can visit our website at www.smallbusinessmattersonline.com. I want to thank each of you for listening to today's podcast. It is the only podcast that truly matters to small business. May each of you continue to pursue all that matters.